0: John chapter 10, hallelujah God is good, amen? Hallelujah His presence is in this place and I'm excited about it. Come on, let's face it if His presence isn't here, lives are not going to get changed, right? Uh, We're not going to leave refreshed, amen? We need His presence, we need His anointing Look at John chapter 10, I want to look at verses 7 through 10 Says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. Why? Because Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen? Amen. Verse 10 the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly now go back to Psalm 68 Psalm 68 and I want to look at one verse here and it's simply verse 19 one verse but it says echoes about our Heavenly Father about our God amen It says this, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. It's in that one verse the Holy Spirit quickened the title of this message. The God of our salvation. The God of our salvation. You know, typically that's what happens to me. The, The Lord will give me the title of a message and then I just go from there. Very rarely do I come up with a whole teaching and then come up with a title. It's the title, boom, and everything from there. And that's what God spoke to me. The God of our salvation. Now, how many in here were brought up to believe that the word salvation only pointed to the future? Only pointed to heaven. Raise your hand if that's you. I can include myself in that. I was raised believing that. That salvation only points to the future. You know what? And we're just out of luck on this earth. Whatever lot comes to us, that's what we're going to have to deal with on this earth. And that's it. But glory to God, salvation, one day in the by and by, we're going to be in heaven. How many of you were there before and you believe that? I used to. I used to. But the fact is, there is not one area of your life that the word salvation does not cover. There is not. You can't point out one area of, my, of your life in my life that the word salvation does not cover. Listen to this. The Greek word that's translated salvation means this. Healing, deliverance, preservation, soundness, prosperity... Happiness to be rescued, redeemed, and, I like this one, ready for this, general (laughs) well-being. General well-being. Now, the word salvation has been called the all-inclusive word. Meaning that, like I said, everything that you and I need on this earth, in the physical, material, and spiritual sense is wrapped up in that one word, salvation. Oh my goodness. Now, I'll tell you what, if the devil has played games with the body of Christ today, it's on that one word. One word. Salvation. Points to the future, that's it. You're out of luck. You know what? You get cancer, that's your lot in life. You get a disease, sickness, you know, and and so what happens? That breeds fear. Oh my, all my life I just got to walk on this earth fearing, fearing I'm not going to get anything, when all the while that word salvation includes what you need to be set free from the devil's stuff. See, salvation is a present, say present. Possession for the Christian. Last I checked in my Bible, God called himself the I am, not the I was or I will be. He said I am the I am. I am the present God. And whatever you're, you're dealing with today, he can handle it in your life. He can set you free from that bondage. Amen? But now the Bible does talk about when we do pass away from this earth as Christians and go into glory... That's going to be the fullness. Say fullness. Full. The fullness of our salvation will be accomplished at that point. But don't be deceived by the devil. We can have salvation now on this earth. And God provided it, so why would we turn it away? Amen? Turn to Acts chapter 4. The God of our salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 14. And it says this. Well, first off, let me just set this up. The religious leaders at this time arrested Peter and John for ministering healing to a crippled man at the beautiful, the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3. And Peter got up, he preached, and 5,000 people came to Christ. So now the religious people got all their panties up in a bunch. And they brought them in. Come on now, let's just tell it how it is. (laughs) They didn't like that. They rather you just stick to our religious system and that's it. But they were preaching Jesus and lives were being changed. People were being healed. People were being delivered. So they didn't like that. So they arrested them, Okay. Acts chapter 4, 7-14 uh, through 14 says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, you might want to underline that, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for this good deed done to this helpless man, By what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Say whole. Whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and realized they had been with Jesus. I like that. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. I like that too. Don't you? silencing your enemies. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and boldly spoke up to the leaders, telling them that there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I want you to notice that when a Christian, say Christian, is truly filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, not baptized with, I said filled I'll talk to you about this in a minute. The proof will be in the boldness that comes forth in them not to be ashamed about Jesus. Not to be afraid to talk about Jesus. That's the proof. Now, what do I mean by this? I didn't talk about baptism there. I was talking about filled. Because there is one Holy Spirit baptism. You receive the Holy Spirit baptism once. But there's many in fillings. There's many in fillings. Of course Peter and John were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They believed what Jesus taught and they obeyed it. Amen? But it says they were filled. Go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians five eighteen. Let me point something out to you here. Ephesians 5 18-21. Alright, this might be a little rabbit trail, but someone needs to hear it in here or on the radio or internet. Amen? Yeah. Listen to this. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is talking about the infilling, staying filled with the Holy Spirit. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. In the original Greek where it says be filled with the Spirit. This literally means to be being filled. It means to continually stay filled. Why do we have to maintain a spirit-filled life as Christians? I got a very simple answer for you. Because we leak. We leak. I don't know about you, but I don't always walk around on, on fire. Do you? In fact, there are some days when, when, when I, I, I just feel down. Do you? I'm talking about being filled, staying filled. We leak. Amen? I'll just chew on it for a while. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need to know and understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only door to salvation. Peter and John, they knew their benefits as, as Christians, and they knew how to walk in and how to release the power of God. How? Look at verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They had spent time with Jesus Christ. They rubbed shoulders with Him. They were mentored by Him. And, uh, And some of you are saying, yeah, but Jesus is in heaven now. Jesus is not here in the flesh. How can we have it? Friend, the answer is found in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. We, as Christians, have the same opportunity to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. We have the same opportunity to be mentored by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and it's through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now listen, have any of you, I want to bring this up because this is in the news pretty heavily. Fox News has been talking about it quite a bit and doing interviews with people. Has, have you guys heard of the news about the Catholic priest saying that it doesn't matter what we, what we call God? God. Have any of you seen this yet? This Catholic priest is really speaking out now. And he's saying, it doesn't matter what you call him. It doesn't matter if you call him Allah. It doesn't matter if you call him Buddha. It doesn't matter what religion you are. God doesn't care. It all points to the same God. You haven't heard that yet? My goodness, people, where have you been? <laughs> Well, let me tell you, this is a poisonous New Age philosophy, and it's a lie from the pits of hell. Our God is not Allah, for those of you who don't know, our God is not Buddha. In fact, that's blasphemous to call our God by those names. Don't be deceived. The true and living God is manifested. He's one God manifested in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You want to slap a name on our God? Fine. Jesus Christ. And that's it. That's it. He is the only door to salvation. If anyone says that they know God, let them acknowledge Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God. Born of the Virgin Mary and shed his blood on the cross to redeem mankind from their sins go to 1 John chapter 4. we got to pull down these lies of the devil. Amen? We just can't roll over as the body of Christ. Come on. What are these people thinking? My God. People. And then the Catholic Church is wondering why all these lawsuits are being slapped on, on them about things that's happened in the past. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about an organization that's getting out of line and Frankly, I'm about the only bold person to say that in this area. Come Amen? Come on. First John 4, 1 through 3. See, you never settle for unity at the price of compromising the Word of God. Never. Never. I'll tell you what, if Jesus was walking through a Catholic church, He would flip over a lot of tables in those churches. Are you hearing me? Come on now. 1 John 4, 1-3, Beloved, he's talking to Christians, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses or agrees with that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. See, what we got going is a lot of these religions, yeah, they talk about Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. They're making what Galatians calls another Jesus. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You want to talk about the true God that I'm ta- You want to hear about the true God? Fine. I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our Provider. I'm talking about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our Healer. I'm talking about Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our Banner. I'm talking about Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our Peace. I'm talking about Jehovah Rea, the Lord our Shepherd. I'm talking about Jehovah Sidkanu, the Lord our Righteousness. I'm talking about Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present now hallelujah. I'm talking about the one and true God, the God of our salvation, the one true and living God. Say living God. Go to Ephesians 3, hallelujah. Now come on, I love our Catholic friends, but there's some lies of the devil that need to be rooted up out of that religion. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's not from the Word of God. Amen? Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Listen to this. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him... Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, we need to take hold of this one truth. Are you ready for this? The God of our salvation has an abundance for us believers in all areas of our lives. It's an abundance. Third John, John 2 says this, Beloved, again, he's not talking to the sinner. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to Christians. He said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and in health just as your soul prospers. Now, some of you say, yeah, but that was just a prayer from John to some believers. No, if it's in the word of God, it's the will of God. All right? It's the will of God. Well, if that's not the will of God, you know what? John was just praying amiss then, wasn't he? He was just wasting his breath praying for them to prosper and to be in health, right? Well, the fact is, it is the will of God. The will of God is that we, his people, prosper in all things. Say all things. And be in health. Psalm 68, 19 that we read earlier says that God daily loads us with blessings, It's not just a once in a while, drop here, drop there. But it's a loading up of them. Say loading up. up. Now what's the key? The key is finding out what the will of God is for your life personally and walking it out. That's where your provision is for your life, for your ministry. Now how do we get to that point? How do we get to that point? I want to point out some things here in Ephesians 3... That will help us position ourselves to receive the loading up. How many of you know if you have a dump truck and you have a, you have a, a, a bucket and you, you know if you don't have the truck there I mean it's, it's just useless isn't it? Come on that truck's got to line itself up. You got to load that thing up right? Come on now. Well I'm going to show you then in the spirit realm how we set ourselves up how we align ourselves to receive the load. Oh, how many of you want to receive the mother load? Amen? <laughs> Go to Ephesians 3, 14 through 16. I want to break this down a little bit. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. We need to realize that we carry the name of Jesus on us as Christians on this earth. Did you know that? We carry the name. Well, it says right here, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's talking about Jesus. We have the name of Jesus written all over us if you belong to him today. Oh, come on, you take hold of that truth, that's going to that's reshape your thinking. That's going to pull down some religious mindsets, amen? Amen. Because how many know the body is not separate from the head? In other words, you don't call my head a different name from my body. I'm just James. Amen? Well, Jesus is the head. He's in heaven right now. We, the church, the, the, the believers on this earth, are the body of Christ. You don't call the head separate from the body. We on this earth are representatives for Jesus. We have his name. We bear his name on this earth. Verse 16. Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit in our inner man. How many of you know what the inner man is? you spirit man. How many of you know humans are body, soul, and spirit? Right? We're a spirit being first and foremost. We possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. We're first and foremost a spiritual being. Your spirit man's what's going to live forever in heaven or hell, wherever, uh, whatever you've done with Jesus. But when, it, when the Bible talks about your inner man, it's talking about the real you. It's talking about your spirit man. Now how? How do we strengthen the inner man? I believe it's found in verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Verse 17 goes on to tell us how to be strengthened in our inner man. How? Through faith. Through our faith in Christ. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Faith always strengthens us spiritually. It's fear that always weakens us spiritually. Faith strengthens, fear weakens. Amen? You agree with that? Faith positions us to receive from God. In fact... How important is faith to God? Oh, here he goes with that F word again, faith. No, how, how, important, how important is faith to God? My Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to even please God. God thinks that it's important and we should too. Amen? Amen. So faith receives the provision and fear turns away provision. According to verse 17, your faith in Christ, that strengthening in your inner man, is what allows you and I to be rooted and grounded in love. Now, I, I know I'm saying a mouthful right now. I know it's coming through. You might just have to request a free CD after this because I know I'm saying a lot. But let's, listen, verse 17, your faith in Christ, that's that strengthening your inner man. It's helping you to be rooted and grounded in love. Your faith is always going to be connected in love. Show me a person who's truly walking in faith. I'll show you a person that's walking in love. Love toward fellow man, love toward God. Amen? Well, you you can't be walking in faith if you're not loving your brother because God commands us to love our brother. So if we're not doing it, we're not obeying the word. You don't believe it. Are you hearing me? And because of Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, and you and I being rooted and grounded in love, this will position you, it says here, it will position you, according to verse 18, to comprehend and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Do you you kind of see a little chain there? Maybe not. But (laughs) I'm trying to get across to you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. All right? That Christ needs to dwell in your hearts through faith. And because of that, you're rooted and grounded in love. Because of being rooted and grounded in love, you will be able to comprehend and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now, what does it mean when it says passes knowledge? Well, doesn't it say that we can know the love of Christ if we're doing these things? Doesn't it say that? Then why does it say it passes knowledge? Have you ever thought of that? Maybe not. Well, that's my job as a pastor to bring that up to you. Amen? In verse 19, it says that this love of Christ passes knowledge. Well, if it passes knowledge, how are we supposed to know about it? Huh? What does it mean when it says it passes knowledge in verse 19, but it says that we may know it? It means this. It means to truly understand the love of Christ You need the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of that truth. You need, you and I need, to fully understand the love of Christ which caused him to get on a cross, have nails go through his hands, forsake his own self, die a horrible death. It says you and I need to have a revelation from the Holy Spirit to truly grasp that fact. And then it goes on to say... So you may know the love of Christ. You may receive a revelation of this. Why? So that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So that you may be filled with the fullness of God. See, it is the will of God for us as Christians to be filled with all the fullness of God, as verse 19 points out. That verse is talking about more than a one-time experience or one aspect of His truth or power. It means to daily, say daily, daily experience God's blessings, His resources and wisdom in our lives. And your faith, causing you to be rooted and grounded in love, will position you and I to receive more revelation from from the Holy Spirit. I mean, I kind of say it nonchalantly, but that's a pretty deep truth when you think about it. That is an extremely deep truth. You know, in fact, you might just want to take this week. Just read... Ephesians 3 the whole week long. Every day. Just read it. Just read it and, and, and meditate on that word. Chew on it. Because it's powerful. The word of God says in 1 John 4 8 that God is love. Amen? Right? It says God is love. Now a lot of people get kind of wacky about that and they take that all out of context, you know. Well God is love. Well you gotta you, gotta, you know just, just accept all these, these things that people are into. No, no you don't. No you don't. And I can prove that through 1 John. But the Word of God does say that God is love. So rooted and grounded in love as a Christian means that you are rooted and grounded in God. You're abiding, John 15. You're abiding in the vine. You're abiding in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. You're rooted and grounded in the faith like I talked about last week. Being rooted and grounded in the faith. And when you're in that position, you will daily receive you will daily receive blessings from the God of our salvation. You'll begin to realize how good God is and how much he wants to bless you and I in every area of our lives. Now as I get ready to close here, go to 2 Peter. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. This ties right into it. You know, I, I, I truly believe that we, the body of Christ, settle for much lower than what God intends His people to have and to walk in on this earth. Can you agree with that? Are you to that point yet? Do you, do you understand that yet? If not, it's still true. It's still true. He has much, much more. Second Peter 1, 1 through 1-4. Listen to this. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace, here it is, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be, a, be partakers. Say partakers. That means to take hold of something. That means to take advantage of something. Of the divine nature. My goodness. How much have we been settling for? How much less have we been settling for in our Christian walk? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing this to Christians. Well, how can you say that? Well, it says he's writing this to those who have obtained like precious faith. (laughs) With us by the righteousness of our God and Jesus, our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 2 reveals to us that grace and peace can indeed be multiplied to us as believers. Now, if it can be multiplied, that must mean we can then settle for less grace and peace in our lives. Right? I mean, if it's saying it can be multiplied, it can be taken away. Amen? It can be subtracted. And so verse 2 reveals that that grace and peace can be multiplied to us as believers. How? How can it be multiplied? If it can indeed be multiplied, wouldn't you want to know how to multiply the grace and peace of God in our lives? Amen? Or don't you care? All right. Well, let's throw this out at you then. It says, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Through knowledge of him through knowledge of how good he is through knowledge of our char- of the character of our god so like i said this tells us if these things can be multiplied this tells us it's possible for us not to walk in the fullness of grace not to walk in the fullness of peace that god has for us as his children and i'll tell you what if we're not doing that it is not god's fault how many people throw it on God? God, what are you doing to me? Why do I have this sickness? Why do I have this disease? Why am I broke? It's not God's fault. So many people are pointing the finger at God when they, got fu- when they, have, uh, <laughs> when they have three other fingers pointing back at themselves and God's saying, take a look at your own heart. Take a look at your own spiritual walk with me. Amen? My, my, my. Hosea 4.6, very popular scripture. The first part of Hosea 4, six points out an incredible truth to us as Christians. It says, God says this, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people. How many of you know of the sinner and unbeliever? is not God's people. In fact, the Bible says they're a child of the devil until they make Jesus Lord of their life. Legally speaking, legally speaking, well that's pretty harsh, Pastor James. Well, you know what? Talk to God about it. He wrote it. Are you hearing me? Unbelievers are child of the devil. And it says when you made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, that's when you got adopted into the family of God. Legally. Come on now. Amen? So he says, my people, Christians, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There are two reasons that God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Do you want to know what they are? The first reason is very evident and most people think of this reason in this one alone. Number one. Number one, the faith aspect of the matter. To have faith for something, you need to know what is promised to you and I from the Word of God. We need to know it. And now that's where most people cut it off. They say, oh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That must be the end of it. And it, they just have a faith problem. They don't receive just because of their faith problem, right? Well, that's not always the case. But, but listen, I'm going to get into that in a minute. minute. Knowledge of God's word turns your hope into faith. Yes. Oh, I hope I get healed. Well, why don't you find out what God says and what he's provided so then that hope can be turned into faith and you're, you then have something to stand on. Yes. You can say, God, you provided this for me. Now you're not just grabbing in the dark and hoping, you, you get you, oh, I hope God wants me healed. No, you can know he wants you healed. It's right here in the word of God. Your hope can be turned into faith because of God's word. Knowledge of God's Word gives your faith a foundation to stand on. Verse 4 says that we as Christians are partakers of the divine nature through the promises in God's Word. We must know what the promises are to be able to take hold of them. To be able to pray those promises through in our life, right? It's not just automatic. It's not just automatic. We have to take hold of it. We need to know what God's Word says, See, here's the thing. We do not have to be slaves to the corruption that's in this world. Let me say that again. We as Christians do not have to be slaves to the corruption that's in this world. We do not have to roll over and accept the devil's package. We do not have to roll over and accept the curse that's on this earth through sin. God provided a way for his people to escape it through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in Romans is referred to as the second Adam. Our Redeemer, redeeming us from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3. My goodness. Powerful truths in the word of God. Amen? So we do not have to be slaves to it. Like I said, we as Christians have been translated into the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. What does that mean to you and I as Christians? It means that legally speaking, when you're abiding in Christ the devil has legally no right to attack you. Legally. But come on, he's a thief. He will try and that's where you got to stand your ground. That's where you got to stand your ground. Amen? Verse 3 says that God has given us Christians all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the, there it is again, knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of Him. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That's why Jesus said, I come to give an abundant life to you. An abundant life to you. Now, so that was the first reason the lack of knowledge causes a lack of faith. Without the knowledge of what God's Word says, forget it you truly will not have biblical faith for that, for anything. Are you hearing me? Someone can't get saved unless they know what Jesus did and that it's God's will for them to be saved. It's just a hope if, if they don't know out of the Word of God. The second reason which people don't really think about, the second reason of why God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge is the obedience side of the matter. It's the obedience side of the matter. Sometimes it's not a lack of faith, sometimes it's a lack of obedience. The word of God says and Isaiah says, "If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land." You shall eat the good of the land. And many Christians unknowingly walk right into the devil's territory because of a lack of knowledge of God's word and what he requires. Some Christians are participating in New Age stuff, witchcraft, and occult stuff, and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They're playing, they're dabbling in this stuff. It can be picking up the phone or going to psychics. Involvement in Freemasonry. Wearing occult, satanic, or witchcraft charms. Come on. Having an accursed Statue or something in your home. Games such as Ouija boards. Looking at your horoscopes every day. Or movies and TV shows such as Harry Potter. Medium. Come on. Sometimes it's not a faith problem, it's an obedience problem. And I'll tell you this, if your hand is on any one of those things... Or if you're associated with any one of those things, God's hand of protection is lifted off of your life. Plain and simple. It is lifted off quicker than you can shake a stick at. God will not mingle himself with those things. He won't do it. Now some, some people who I've ran into who have were involved in some of these stuff, they they quote that scripture. I, I, I It may be in Titus, I can't remember right now. But he says... They say, well, it says, to the pure, all things are pure. In other words, I made Jesus Lord in my life. I can have something in my house. I can wear something. I can watch something. And it's pure because Jesus is the Lord of my life. My goodness. Have you you ever heard a a scripture as twisted as that? No, what it means is, to the pure, all things are pure. If you're truly spiritually pure, you're not going to dabble in those things you're not going to put your hand on those things. That's what it means. That is exactly what it means. Now, maybe there's someone here right now listening to me on the radio or internet that have walked on the devil's territory because of these things. And I'm telling you, you need to get rid of them. You need to forsake those things. You need to renounce those things in your life, and you need to confess them as sin. And cover yourself with the blood of Jesus Christ. And in some cases, some people need to go through deliverance session. Are you hearing me? There are so many believers. So many believers that are playing the whore in the church today. Many times, Scripture in Hosea and Hosea and other Scriptures refers to Christians who who dabble in these things. It, it's spiritually speaking, you're a whore. You're stepping out of the covenant with God to partake in these pagan things. You're, you're, what you're doing is you're trying to hold on to God's hand and you're trying to hold ha- hands with the devil. And that's what's happening. Don't think that God's blessings on your life if you're in those things. To the contrary, you're giving the open doorway to Satan to come into your life and demon spirits. Go to Joshua chapter 7. Go to Joshua chapter 7. Yeah, but it's the grace of God that covers me. boloney. Grace does not cover witchcraft. Grace does not cover the occult. Grace does not cover all those things and abominations to God. In fact, in the Old Testament, These things, witchcraft and the occult and satanic things, were so detestable to God. Anyone who was involved with them were immediately put to death. And and, and Christians try to tell me, I can be a part of these things and have the blessing of God on my life? Forget it. You're, You're deceived. You're lying to yourself. Joshua 7 by the way, if some of you want to, he- to read about the Bible where it's against these things, divination and all that, go to Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18 spells it all out right there. Joshua 7, 10 through 12. I want to just show you that having something associated with the devil will bring you and your family much harm. Have you heard of the sin of Achan? Look at this. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up, why do you lie thus on your face? Basically, uh, Israel got their tail tail kicked, and they're going to get their tail kicked because of some abomination in their camp. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the, you might want to underline it, accursed things. And have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore. This is God talking to Israel, His people. Unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Well, Pastor James, that's Old Testament. All right, go to to the book of Acts when people came to Christ and it said they had a little book burning. (laughs) They burned books. They burned artifacts. It says curious arts. Quote, accursed things. I challenge each and every one of you today, ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, show me anything in my life, in my house, anything that I have on me, whatever, that may be an accursed thing that's making your hand lift off of my life. Amen. If you're truly open to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, He will show you. <laughs> he will show you. My, uh, a family member, and they moved into a new house a while back, and, and they're praying about things and uh, in, in this very thing. And guess what? The Holy Spirit led them. They said, man, I just have this feeling I need to check here in in my house. Do you know what they found? A Ouija board in that location. Oh, yeah. If you're truly open to the Holy Spirit leading you, if you truly want the blessing of God in your life, ask Him. I dare you. (laughs) That means if He shows you something, it doesn't matter how near and dear it is to you, you better get rid of it now i don't know that is a uh, kind of a, a rabbit trail here today i felt very pressed by the holy spirit to speak this today someone here someone on the internet internet radio needs to hear this amen let me just look at verse 11 israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which i commanded them for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. I want to say this right now. If you read this whole account, one person from the children of Israel brought this accursed thing into the camp. One person! Shouldn't that one person have been the one who was getting in trouble for it? It brought havoc on the whole camp. Parents, you need to know Oh my, 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 what you do greatly affects your children. Greatly affects them. What you have in your house greatly influences them. Are you hearing me? Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning, huh? Come on now. Oh, come on, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, I can say that. Come on now. (laughs) Glory, my parents still go to one, all right? Laugh a little bit. So a lack of knowledge is not only a faith problem, it can also be an obedience problem. Search your heart today. Search your possessions. Take inventory of your life. Every part of it. Are there idols set up in your heart? What's an idol, Pastor James? An idol is anything you lift above Jesus Christ. It can be a job. It can be money. What is it? It can be a hobby in your life. It can be a hobby in your life, whatever. And, and I wanna say this about money. That scripture that says the love of money is the root of all evil, a lot of people attribute that just to people who have a lot of money. But I can tell, let me tell you this right now, that a poor person can have the love of money just maybe even more so than a rich person. Why? Because that poor person's always dreaming about money. Oh, it's always money. Oh, boy, if I could just swim in my vault one day of money. It's an idol in their lives. The love of money is not only speaking to the rich, it's speaking to every single person on the face of this earth. Just something for you to think about. Amen? But come on, it's time to sanctify ourselves fully, to separate ourselves fully, so that the God of our salvation can have his way in our lives. Might not be a faith problem. You might believe it, Uh, and you know what it says, you believe it, might be an obedience problem. That's the time where you need the Holy Ghost to take the Holy Ghost flashlight and just shine it on your life and my life. Amen? Let's stand in this place. The God of our salvation. Salvation covers every aspect of our life. Every aspect. Now maybe there's someone in this place you have never made jesus lord of your life frankly you're standing outside you're standing outside of what the bible calls the commonwealth of israel (laughs) the riches that you could have the eternal life with god for eternity and today this morning jesus christ is opening that door The Holy Spirit has directed you to the door, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life, but you're ready to walk through that door today. I want you to come forward today, right up here, and I want to have the privilege of praying with you to become born again, the Bible calls it, to be saved, to know that you know that you will indeed go to heaven, to begin your journey, your walk with the Lord on this earth. And now maybe there's some in here, you've been a Christian for a while, but you know what, it's, it's basically been just a religious game. It's just a religious thing, you just come on Sunday and, you know, that's it. It really hasn't gotten in your heart. Well, let me tell you, friend, God doesn't want your rituals. He wants your heart today. He wants your heart. He doesn't want to be just one book on your shelf. He wants to be the whole bookshelf. He wants to be at the very center of your life. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord and get put back in right standing with Him and you're sorry for straying from Him, I want you to come up this morning to pray the prayer of rededication. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said in Acts 1-8, You shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. To be witnesses for me. Yes, the Holy Spirit baptism is a separate experience. You can go all through the book of Acts, and you can determine that. The evidence is so there. It takes the devil to deceive someone about that truth. Come on now. The evidence is so there. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward this morning. I want to pray with you to receive Him, the Holy Spirit baptism. And begin your spirit-filled life Begin your spirit-filled walk The fullness of everything that God has for you Maybe there's someone in here You have a sickness, a disease Some kind of infirmity Maybe it's physical, maybe it's mental You just need a miracle in your life You, you Maybe you're having family problems Whatever it is I want to invite you to come up here And I want to pray with you this morning The rest of you, just right where you're at I want you to say, Holy Spirit, show me any idols in my life. Show me anything that I'm lifting higher than you. Anything that I'm lifting higher than you. Show me. Reveal it to me. Anything in my life, anything in my house, anything I'm allowing my children to touch that is unclean, show it to me. Show it to me. I challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit that and to be serious about making the changes. Worship the Lord as the music plays. else, salvation, rededication, healing, Holy Spirit baptism. how desperate we need the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth from the Word. Amen? Oh, how powerful revelation is, how revelation can change our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal the Word to us in a greater fashion, that you would reveal Jesus Christ to us in a greater way, that you would reveal the Father to us in a greater way. How much He truly loves us. And wants to touch every area of our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, any area of our lives that we're walking blindly. Any areas of our lives that we are walking in deception, Father. I pray that that darkness, Lord God, would, would leave. I pray that that deception would leave. And your Holy Spirit would come. Shine the light of your word in our hearts. Hallelujah to make it ever so real to us of what you have for us on this earth in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Hallelujah. Well praise God the God of our salvation. Get to know him. You know I'm serious about Ephesians 3. Take this week and for your devotions just read through Ephesians 3. Keep reading it over and over again. The key is keep reading it over and over again and you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with, something to enlighten you with, something to to really give you wisdom about. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, tonight, uh, Jack Niemer's uh, church, or prayer center, the House of Prayer, 6 o'clock tonight. Come on out. Basically, you take 131 to Highway 10 by Reed City. Go west. You'll run right into it. It's on the left-hand side. Uh, Wednesday night, we're continuing the Bait of Satan uh, video series. And... Come back Sunday, Amen. Amen. Visitors, thanks for coming. Someone have something? Yeah. Ah, read Ephesians Ephesians three out loud, Amen. All right, praise God. Be blessed.